What's up? Hi, all you beautiful cats and kittens out there. Uh, I have notes. I'm going to read those notes. <clears throat> JD, plug in your headphones so you don't record the other guests, you idiot. Also, turn on Audacity. What's up to all our sidekicks and henchfolk <laughs> out there in the Geek Nation? You're currently tuning into the Cult Pop Podcast live stream, a.k.a. Spoiler Alert, episode 741. Where we review the past week's comics as well as talk about some fun pop culture topics for your listening and viewing pleasure. Mostly listening, unless you're just looking at Len. Then you get some viewing pleasure. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo, owner of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, located at 2327 Main Street, Philadelphia, PA, a rad-ass shop for nerds of all shapes, sizes, shades, and sensibilities. Uh, maybe not so much Nazis. No, yeah, you know what? No Nazis. Yeah, some, some jerks. Oh, are, uh, well, I mean, that's not a shade. That's the absence of shade. How about that? Ah, it's a sensibility. It's a sensibility. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the less... Okay, not yeah. very sensible, though. Wait uh, this, this is the part where I write in anything in the script and JD reads it. Stinky buggy nut butterflakes, huzzah! With me this morning is a mini army of amazing co-hosts. Introducing, in order of my favorite to most despised, Len the Bat Triple. <laughs> Len, in your opinion, who would win in a fight, Batman at his peak or Hulk? Mm. Hulk would um. win in a fight at any peak. <laughs> what what about when uh, Hulk, top any uh, peak as well just <laughs> any plateau any peak. plateau a cliff a hill a baseball mound it doesn't matter <laughs> a step stool <laughs> <laughs> just any level yeah. of height he would still win said fight uh, also, Len, what about when uh, Hulk switched and when he got really mad he would turn into Bruce Banner you know, even then, <laughs> even he's then. still. All right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> also joining us this morning is a guy who requires little introduction, but will receive one in the form of these words that I am saying right this second. These words right here are his introduction. Brian Lieb, hey. <laughs> Green Lantern's Kilowog got yeah. a puppy. Yeah. What would the puppy's name be? He would also be Kilowog. He would name <laughs> <laughs> Kilowog. Yeah. Uh, I would think he'd be like named Hal. He would just name uh, Hal that. also. Yeah. Uh, I think, Poozer you know what? In all choice. seriousness, I, yeah. bet, I bet the puppy's name would be Poozer. Yeah. <laughs> mm. It would cause some problems, though, because he says that a lot. Yeah, that, that would be, oh, that's part, be of, yeah. that's all part over of the place. funny. Like, he's every time cursing, he calls and Hal the puppy's like, his, his puppy runs up. <laughs> Cheers him up a little. Last and certainly least, with us today is Noel. 
Hi. Thank you to everyone joining us on <laughs> online from Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. If you like what we're doing here, and I can't imagine that you do, be sure to like, <laughs> comment, subscribe, and share. The joy of doing this live with is 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 all of you in the chat. So pipe up if you feel so inclined, uh, and we may comment live during the show. Speaking of such a thing. Robert Monroe Jr. says, good morning, Colt Poppers. Hope Lynn and JD had a great Father's Day. <sighs> Thank you. I I'll tell you what. Um, <clears throat> I'm a man of simple tastes. Um, expensive, but simple. <laughs> <laughs> Elegant and refined, really. Yes. Uh, and my wife, my wife had, took me out to go get a steak. Uh, so she took me and my infant son to Redstone, and we got uh, a wonderful filet mignon uh, and some like honey, honey bacon Brussels sprouts and garlic mashed potatoes and asparagus, and like, mm. they specialize in these pineapple martinis. Dog, I'll tell you what, it was a good Father's Day, and also my son was there. He was great. Len, how was yours? <laughs> Uh, my Father's Day was pretty decent, actually. I didn't do anything special, but I got a long, very long distance um, from overseas video call from my daughter, um, Olivia, and we talked for probably a good three hours on a video oh, chat. So that was special. that was the best thing ever. That was my that was my Father's Day, and it was all I asked for. That's awesome. It's awesome. Can I can I share with you this? Uh, I'm a big Calvin and Hobbes fan, and I was I was able to track down something for my son. <laughs> oh, nice! I like that. Nice little Hobbesy there. That is awesome. Uh, I, I know I know no one asked, but the cat got me a grill set because I like <laughs> to grill in the new yeah. in the new place. So like when we were out, we didn't have the actual like grilling utensils. So it's a nice case set with a thermometer, and a, that kind of spatula and tongs and stuff. I. I really appreciate it. He didn't sign it, but uh, he's got no thumbs. That was his subtle way of saying he's tired of these burnt friskies. Yeah, that's, that's right. Like he's he's t well. If anything, he's just tired of his of his canned food. He wants me to actually start grilling, cooking him, going it up. Uh, I will never make my cat a meal. <laughs> I mean, Some I people open do that to their dogs and cats, cats. And, like make actual meals for their pets. Really? I'll never do that. Oh, well, I say really, like, I'm surprised that this happened. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fathom someone caring so much for an animal that they would prepare a meal. <laughs> really? Um, uh, hey, I think this is the first time the four of us have been all on this podcast together in a little while. Oh, uh, like weeks. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell because the views were way down because I wasn't there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, Robert Monroe continues... If Batman had enough preparation time, dot, dot, dot. I'm so tired of that bullshit. Yeah, right. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. nonsense. And it's more recent than we think. I was reading an article a, a couple of months ago about how in, I don't know, the 80s, there was a, a Justice League issue where Batman gets trapped on the Justice League satellite with Despero, and he makes it out alive. But everyone's like, oh, good job. You don't have any powers. And somehow you survived. Yeah. Not well, they like did it. They Despero did it just... Done. They did it just recently in um, Scott Snyder's Justice League. So after, during the first arc, Batman's in traction. Mm. So he's literally in uh, this like fancy, almost uh, Metron looking traction mm. chair. And he's just like being the eyes in the sky in the satellite with Jaro. Mm. And the satellite gets attacked. So it's essentially completely incapacitated Batman versus I think like Lex Luthor and someone else. And he... He makes it out. Hmm. 
Mm. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty funny because he had Jaro. Every th- every issue that Jaro was in that was was good, but besides that, it was thirty seven issues of boring. Batman with enough preparation time, yes, can take out Luthor, Despero, sure. all that. The question was the Hulk. Yeah. The Hulk, it has been proven that when Bruce Banner wanted to kill himself and shot a bullet into his mouth, the Hulk said, no, 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 no. Mm. So I don't care how many batarangs Batman specially <laughs> prepares with gamma tips to take on the Hulk. He's not beating the Hulk. Well, uh, you he can come what? up with a way to calm him down. Uh, you know, yeah. I think the only actually. He don't have breasts. I feel like he could knock him out with some knockout gas or something. Yeah. No. Well, but why would everyone in Marvel, like everyone in the Marvel universe, would do that if it was that easy, right? Yeah. Like, right. Tony Stark would just have knockout gas in his armor all the Actually, time. didn't that happen in JLA Avengers or something? Hmm. Didn't didn't Batman like um, release some? I, there was like some sleepy gas, and then he hit Hulk in the solar plexus, which made oh, him causing him to no, breathe in. That wasn't in JLA Avengers. That was in Batman versus the Hulk, oh. the the tre- Treasury Edition from years ago, hmm. which everyone has pretty much retconned to Elseworlds because that was bullshit. Okay. <laughs> it would not happen. Batman would have broke his his fingers yeah. Yeah, hitting yeah. the Hulk in the solar plexus. Yeah. We have letters. Oh, we have letters. It looked like a bill. That looked like a bill. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have bills. If we got you a bill for JD's bills. Go to patreon.com backslash JD's bills. Patreon is going the wrong way. They sent us a bill for a donation. <laughs> we have the solutions to help your business be ready for what's next. Call for more details 1 855 655 9260. Well, see, that's interesting because in that issue, I felt <laughs> with enough preparation time. Uh, hello, hello, hello. What's up? What's going on? Peter Quagmire, Joe in Cleveland. How you guys doing? Says action figure expert. Oh, you're on the wrong show. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll take whatever we can get. Yeah. Uh, let's, you, you guys want to talk about some books? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Talk about some books. Heroes Return number one from Marvel Comics, written by Jason Aaron, with art by Ed McGuinness. An epic, oversized slugfest between the Squadron Supreme and an otherworldly group of Avengers for the final fate of a whacked-out world of Heroes Reborn. Uh, I was... I didn't care very much for Heroes Reborn, the series. I thought as a, an event, it, it felt strange. Uh, there was something about it that wasn't quite clicking with me. And it actually, halfway through it, it felt like this was just supposed to be part of Jason Aaron's Avengers title. And then they were like, let's make it a bigger event. And so they added a bunch of ancillary titles to it and stuff like that. I might be totally wrong. That's just how it felt to me. Uh, it didn't felt, feel like... Uh, a, an event, really. Uh, there was something about it. Uh, however, Heroes Return, the finale of this series, which is, I think, seven issues, and then all these, like, maybe 10 to 15 one-shots. Oh, t- uh, eight, right? Am I counting that right? Eight? This count. This is the eighth chapter. Oh. So the main title was eight. eight, eight oh, the main issues. title was eight, um, yeah. which is confusing for new readers because yeah. it was Heroes Reborn one through seven, and then <laughs> Heroes Return number one. Yeah. 
which is the end of the series. Uh, <laughs> this was fun. I thought this was a bucket of, bucket of yucks. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, uh, not yucks like bleh, but like yeah, that was unclear. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought this was great. Uh, I really liked watching the the two teams go head to head. I like this new star brand. She's a little hey. Spitfire. I, th I think she's a lot of fun. Uh, seeing seeing Captain America in his outfit with a beard is weird. Um, but uh, yeah, I really like the pandemonium cube. Uh, I like Coulson. <laughs> I don't. I like Coulson in this, but I don't know how I enjoy mm. them doing this to the character of Coulson, just because he's so kind of adorable in Shield and like. That's his main character trait is being a nice guy, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I mean, they might retcon that at some point, but and oh, the art by Ed McGinnis. I really, really like Ed McGinnis's work, and I kind of wish he had done. Um, all of the issues and maybe that was part of my problem with the event is that every single issue had different artists which is cool i just wasn't a big fan of all of the different artists that they chose um so yeah what did you think no um i liked it i liked it a lot um it was i've been reading avengers and this was the logical conclusion to a bunch of the plot threads in the avengers so yeah it was absolutely kind From of an, like an avengers event one. Yeah, they introduce Coulson as like a resurrected agent of Mephisto in like the fifth issue of Avengers. Oh, is so Jason Aaron the one that originally made him bad? I, technically, I okay. guess. Um, so he uh, Coulson died in Jerry Duggan's Deadpool like five years ago during Secret Empire. Um, and he just oh. reappeared here. And then you realize it was he's been resurrected as an agent of Mephisto. So he he's not really him. Oh, okay. if that's any consolation, he's mm. he's a demon in a Coulson suit. Right. Oh, so at any time oh. if they wanted to, he, somebody he is Coulson. Yeah, anytime that they want to, okay. they can resurrect Coulson to the original version of him. But this is the, the idea is that when Coulson was killed in the Deadpool comic, I mean, he did a lot of crazy shit and he was kind of in a limbo. He didn't like go to heaven hmm. and Mephisto hmm. racked him up and shot him back into the world. But either way, okay. um, this was a really weird event. Um, the reasons that you didn't like it, JD, are some of the reasons that I actually really liked it. Hmm. The way that it was structured was a bunch of one shots about one character of the Squadron Supreme with a small like bridging epilogue by Ed McGuinness. So it was like reading a bunch of one shots. And the only reason why I didn't get sick of it is because it was without a hitch shipped weekly. Brian Hitch didn't. If they, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> With, if this was um, delayed or I had waited two months for the mm. James Stokoe spectrum issue or like the thread got lost, <laughs> then it would not have been as enjoyable, but literally on like clockwork every single Wednesday was a new issue of heroes reborn. And I was able to just kind of keep with the momentum of the story because the actual plot only is like two days, three days. Right. Like right. it was just, it was, it was a really, really brisk and fun read and being able to keep it on the schedule is what saved it from losing speed with me. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Len. Why is Thor back in his original costume for some reason? Hmm. Because he didn't go through all the stuff. So they're still in 
during this issue when they're fighting, they're still in the Heroes Reborn universe. And he yeah, so I went to look never at it had the change. And he still doesn't have a beard. That should just be an artist thing. I thought there might be a reason that he was in his original costume. No. It's not until the very end of the issue that they don't. Yeah, yeah. That they aren't back to normal. Len. Oh, uh, sorry, I missed that. Um, I was trying to stay awake through Noel. This, um... Oh, my God. <laughs> that, Noel. <laughs> so, you see, I want to talk about... I want to talk about the lettering. <laughs> no, actually, I enjoy the lettering in this book. Um, it is one of the few aspects of this book I did enjoy. Uh, I did not like this book at all. Well, hold on, um, hold on. This issue or like this series? Series. Well, here's the thing. The whole event of it, I've, I've said that there have been some of the you know, one shots that I have enjoyed on their own, right? For what they were, for the type of universe or genre of comic book that they are to represent. I've enjoyed aspects of them. The event as a whole didn't make any sense to me. I didn't care about, and it was just a bunch of whatever the fuck. Uh, or as Noel likes to hear me say, I don't give a fuck. Oh, but <laughs> I was hoping for that for another book. Whatever. I know, I know, I know. It's coming. It's coming. Um, Which I believe is spelled F-U-G-G-G. Yes. Oh, I thought it was F-U-Q-Q-Q. But this issue in particular, like, I don't have a problem with Jason Jason Aaron. I like Jason Aaron's writing. For the most part, I, I I've enjoyed most of the things that I've seen him seen him write. I trust you all on Thor. I haven't gotten around to collecting it, right? Um, and I tr- <laughs> and I trust Noel <laughs> in regards to the bulk of his 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 uh, Avengers run. But Ed McGinnis, as much as I am like he can draw, I'm, I'm, like Jim Lee, I will never say the man can't draw, but his storytelling sucks. There's absolutely no sense of place. There is no sense. There's times when the, um, the, the the dimensions and the proportions look just off to me. Everything is at 10. And, yeah. it, 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 it is, <laughs> and while I understand that for this issue, it is supposed to be basically just fisticuffs going left and right. The scenes cut so dramatically in between one another that you I don't think you really even get a true sense of the timing or the pacing of the battles that we are supposed to be engrossed in. Um, so while the art is dynamic and expressive, I still am not engaged by it because it it, it just is annoying. It, it it's just it becomes white noise to me. Um, and, and that page right there is absolutely that's abysmal. That is abysmal storytelling because <laughs> you don't know what the hell is happening and it comes is like is it like a cut at the end of the page beforehand that cuts to there? I literally, that makes no sense. I thought that that page, wait, wait a minute. This must be a hostess Twinkie page. And I'm just, I'm just supposed to be like an ad that fakes you out. I'm looking for the hostess <laughs> Twinkie on here because it made no sense. Like yeah. I just, it, it, you know, I yeah. just didn't enjoy anything about this comic book 
at all. And as the end piece to what is supposed to have been an event, this does not wrap up anything. It just felt like a big pile of bleh. Like, sure, would I love to see this Nighthawk represented in um, in Marvel? Sure, because he basically is Batman. He's Batman in silhouette. This is just, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if McGinnis just, you know, unearthed some of his old Batman drawings and just like, hey, I'll just throw them in here. Real no, there quick. was one panel that is not like Batman. It's it just is Batman. Batman. You saw that panel? Yes! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they made no bones about the fact that oh, this course. is the Justice right, right. Yeah, yeah. in Marvel. <laughs> no, 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 I, I understand. But um, I just, I just didn't enjoy this. I've enjoyed aspects like I said of the whole thing but it's this to be the 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 capper the finisher, the finale did nothing for me. It was boring. This I, Looking I, at what's on the screen right now um, there's the right panel there Is mm-hmm. that, that looks like it has to be a recreation of like a cover or something right? Like that that looks very familiar to me. The Black Panther taking on Nighthawk and, and uh, Hyperion it, it didn't oh. it didn't pop for me. I'm, I'm not going to say that it's not but it didn't happen. It would make sense. It would make sense if it was. Though. It would make sense yeah. if it was though, because ninety um, percent of this series has been playing with throwbacks yeah. and and um, yeah. member yeah. berries and in certain action. ways. But like to to lend to your point, when it comes to to McGinnis and how much I do or don't enjoy him, um, I will say there's a lot of like when everyone is so beefy and everyone is so yeah. massive, <laughs> he still has a way of. I don't know if this is a positive or a negative, but like every like Titans fighting Titans, yet it still looks weightless. And mm-hmm. sometimes I have a disconnect with that. Mm-hmm. Like um, when when it's not a full background and it's just like two silhouettes going at each other, they just look like balloons fighting yeah. as opposed to <laughs> things with mass. Right. However, he's done like so this is these are really busy panels. But when he has uh, it was in um in the first arc of this Avengers run that he drew. It was celestials plowing through cities, and that had weight. So he, he, it's it's in his wheelhouse. But when it's something like this, where it's just constant fisticuffs and muscle dudes, yeah, I could see it, it. It almost kind of loses its its um, resonance because it's just a lot of noise. So I, I don't disagree with that at all. Right. What was that going on on the like two pages ago? Wait. Black Panther can access super speed because of his vibranium costume. Is that sure. is that a thing now? I mean, sure. I love super speed. Um, <clears throat> and also, uh, you mentioned earlier, JD, beards. Why don't those look right? Right? Like, give any character with a mask a beard, and it just looks bizarre. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, Green Arrow looks good with a beard, but, he, I mean, he's got the little domino mask. Yeah, it's just a domino mask. Yeah. It's strange. It's strange. The Crimson oh. Dynamo looks cool with a beard because he's mm, Russian, so it's just beard, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. domino mask. Yeah, maybe it's just what I'm used to, right? If Captain America always had a beard in his mask, maybe it would not look weird to me. Um, uh, a Mickey Mouse Mortimer Mouse thing. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I agree with a lot of what you guys said. This was it was a it was a fun issue. Um, it was a, a good tie-in. I think they or not tie-in wrap up. Um, I think they left a few interesting threads. Like, Glenn, you mentioned Nighthawk in this universe. And the part about that that I find even more interesting is that he is like, I want to go back to, I want to recreate my universe. Like, it doesn't matter what the origin for it was. And that could be an interesting tie-in. They're, they're, so I thought that this was, uh, Jason Aaron's been on the Avengers. He's, he's, he's coming up to 50 issues, and it's been monthly. So we're talking like, 
four year four plus years of being on the Avengers. I thought that this was going to this little event was going to be the beginning of the end. Mm. He lays out even more yeah. teasers that yeah. in addition to the ones that aren't resolved in his run yet. So I was almost shocked at the end of that with like, oh, we're teasing three more big arcs that are probably going to be coming in the Avengers books. And it's like, Jesus, are you planning on being there for another yeah. five years? Because there's a lot going on here. at the end of this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to uh, like we've got the Council of Mephistos. We've got like Nighthawk. We've got another this. We've got the She-Hulk stuff. Like it's it's all going to be resolved in four issues. Yeah. Everybody. Bye. <laughs> you won't see it. Yeah. No, he's, I think of- it's. It's like a reaffirmation, uh, reaffirmation that he's going to be on this book for even longer, and that, mm. that that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Council of Red, with the the group of Mephistos, now I love a good group of alternate characters mm. versions of the same character, and that is awesome. But does Jason Aaron think there are only six hundred and sixteen universes? He's like, what about with six hundred and fifteen more? You know, like if no, the I think it was just a callback. Yeah, it's just a reference. It's his, you know, it is. Maybe, maybe only six hundred and fifteen accepted the invite. It, maybe it's, it's just it's, a coincidence. It's literally just yeah, a callback. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think to go back to what Brian was saying about the the um, Black Panther having super speed, I thought that was. I was like, wait, what? The the vibranium remembers what it's like to be a meteor, right. and now like, I've got what? super speed after all this time. What? Yeah. Do you, have you just not wanted to move at super speed before? Yeah. Is that was that the issue? Yeah. I mean, Panthers are fast. But, yeah. Yeah. The only reason I didn't the, the Council of Red thing didn't do anything for me is because we've seen this before. Yeah. We've seen multiple, you know, we've seen a council of reeds. We've actually seen yep. a awesome. council of reeds. So like well, I mean, I, that's I've what it's se- referencing. Well, but I'm just saying. Yeah. I've oh, seen right, it before. Right. In the Council of Cross Time Kangs, which makes more sense. Both of those things I like the little make more pig, sense that you would have all the little versions. Yeah. The little piggy guy. Yeah, he's fun. Yeah. He's, he's my favorite. Of the, course. Uh, on your hand. Somebody get, uh, <laughs> I should have asked. Should have asked. Yeah. <laughs> I should have asked maybe for a meat commission festo? of him. He's meat yeah. festo. Ooh, that's good. Uh, <laughs> anyway. I'm I'm surprised to hear uh, Len not liking this art, man. I I even just flipping through it now, I love it so much. But eh, to each our own. Shall we move on? Let's do it. Please, let's do it. Infinite Frontier number one from DC Comics, written by Joshua Williamson and art by Germanico. When our heroes saved the multiverse from Perpetua in Dark Knight's death metal, everything was put back where it belongs, and we do mean everything. All the damage from all the crises was undone, and heroes long thought gone returned from whatever exile they had been in. Most of them, at least. Alan Scott, the Green Lantern from the Justice Society of America, has noticed some of his allies are still missing in action, and he's determined to find them. There are others, though, who would rather remain hidden than explain themselves, like Roy Harper, a.k.a. Arsenal, a man who should be dead, but now is not. Plus... What does all this mean for the DCU's place in the multiverse? On opposite sides of a dimensional divide, both Barry Allen and President Superman ponder this question. Not to mention the dark side of it all, or a team of multiversal heroes called Justice Incarnate! Exclamation point. Uh, so, Infinite Frontier number zero came out several months ago, and it was to be the, uh, the rebooting of the DC universe 
uh, sort of. Like, it's not like it was a reboot reboot, but everything matters, quote unquote. And I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I am excited to see uh, President Superman, even though I hate that his name is President Superman. It doesn't really roll off weird. the tongue. Uh, and I even really like this first intro here. I was like, oh, I guess we're going to see the origin of President Superman because we've got a rocket ship ex mm. you know, from an exploding planet going to Earth and landing. And what? It's Thomas Wayne from, um, uh, what was that called? Flashpoint. Flashpoint. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I thought that was interesting because he was supposed to have um, been eradicated by a crisis. So the fact that he's back is kind of cool. We get Extant. I haven't seen Extant in a long time. Yeah. That, that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, I thought this was a lot of fun. Uh, what do you think, Len? Well, okay. <laughs> 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 I knew you were coming to me. So listen, <laughs> I went in this with, you know, I said, so I'm going to give it a chance. <laughs> so I opened the book and I read through it. I too thought it was a fake out, the origin of President Superman. I'm like, okay, all right. I see what they're trying to do here. Everybody wants to kind of, you know, uh, bite the Grant Morrison, Frank Quitely origin of Superman from, um, from what was, what was it? Uh, All-Star Superman. All Superman. That's fine, but it's a fake out. It's Thomas, it's Thomas Wayne. Okay, that's a good fake out. I'm with it. I see that this is all about the multiverse and like the 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 the, the justice incarnate. You know, talk about stupid names, but okay, oh, all right. Bad. They are. They're kind of like watching everything, and I'm reading it. I'm reading along. And Alan Scott's back with his son. I'm like, okay, the art's a little engaging. All right, it's okay. All right, I'm on on for the ride. And then I got to the page where docked in Paris and uh, Mr. Bones or Director Bones or Dr. Bones, whatever the hell you call himself, he comes up against, you know, meets up with Chase yeah. from the old comic book Chase. And at that point, I said, okay, now you've got me because I oh, love oh, myself oh, some Chase. Great. I was like, wait, you got a problem with this? I <laughs> love myself some Agent Chase. I'm like, all right, I'm here for this a little bit. Now you've piqued my interest. I love the way that the whole their conversation. I love the illustration of it. It's on point. The storytelling is on is good. All right, you're winning me over. And then after coming out of that scene, we come up to returning to Thomas Wayne. But before we return to Thomas Wayne, we get a little over the shoulder glimpse of, and I forgot they had showed up before. Captain Carrot. And now I'm like, now this is a party. Oh, all right. <laughs> oh, you had me there in the beginning. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Oh, man. <clears throat> and I, I'm reading through this, and I'm like, all right, I don't know where this is going. I have absolutely no idea where this book is going. Okay. I'm kind of interested here. And then we get the ultimate callback to Barry Allen's Flash meeting up against. An apparently Omega level psycho pirate. Mm -hmm. 
And while this definitely feels like, okay, maybe we're just going back over some, some tires that we, you know, some uh, tracks that we have passed over before, I'm in for the ride. And it looked kind of sweet. It looked kind of sweet. That's a dope costume. It's a yeah. dope. Co- it's, it's a dope costume. Like yeah. yo, I was with it. I was with it. Um, then Roy Harper, you know, they're finally doing something. They're doing something with him. I don't know where it's going, but they're leaning into all the shit that he's had to deal with his, mm-hmm. on his whole life. So I'm like, so because everything matters, that makes sense. Um, the last page that didn't do anything for me, but I know it did something for a whole bunch of people. But I'm I was already locked in, so I'm like, "This is a good intro. I'm with nice, it. Nice. It was fun." Yeah, I like the idea that he like he made a big deal about why was I resurrected. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. He's a right. Black Lantern. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I really like what was happening because this is one of the first times where a multiversal event has happened. And everybody knows about it. Exactly. <laughs> Including the humans. That's what I mean. Right. Like all the civilians know yeah. about it. Uh, yeah. They had done a really cool, was that a Brian Michael Bendis thing? I, th- I think it was Jessica Jones. There was some sort of multiversal event in, <clears throat> maybe it was Secret Wars. And afterwards, in the Jessica Jones series, there was a dude who woke up who had a certain family when he went to bed. And then because of the multiversal event, woke up with a different family. Yep. Yes, I do remember that. I do remember I went, that. Yeah, that was, was like, yeah. It's about time someone is touching on that. I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah. So I like that everyone is dealing with that here. And of course, everyone knows exactly what happened. But you have a contingent of uh, <laughs> people who are like, no, man, the earth's flat. You know what I mean? You get you get mm, the deniers, yeah. you get the conspiracy yeah. theorists who are like, none of that ever happened. That's just the government trying to control you and put chips in your dicks or something. You know. Even, even more recently in DC Comics, the I don't did anyone else finish the Greg Rucka Lois Lane, the Greg Rucka Lois Lane no. miniseries. Um the larger plot point towards the end of the book is uh people mish <laughs> feeling connections to previous multiverse lives and having so like you know renee knowing this other agent because in a other version of a multiverse that was like having like almost phantom emotions or phantom feelings and stuff um which was kind of in line with this like you know of all of these things that have folded on top of each other and bendis started playing with it too in young justice well just just to, just to, and this is real quick. To be fair, the first time that this really, this type of thing was really, really touched on was in the Eisner Award-winning one-shot story in Astro City yes. years yes. ago, where really Kurt Busick did just one story about this guy who remembered having. A wife and um and and having to deal with it because of some crisis level event and then real cool just a real capper this happened probably a good this story was easily 20 years ago right yeah. that's how long astro yeah. city has been going on and recently as recently as about maybe the last five or six years um kurt Busick returned to that character now Ooh. 20 years later and he runs a support group 
for people oh, yeah, whose, whose lives have been affected by all of these crisis level events. But the capper in this in this story is that all of these people have lost people who have died in these um, these events, and it comes to light in this story from that. He, while he runs this, he's dealing with a person who technically now was never there. Yeah. And they feel some type of way because they almost feel like he was lying to them about what he was dealing with. You're dealing with somebody was, that really was never there. We're dealing with some actual loss. And the whole story, it's like about a three, four issue story is about how all of these people come to to deal with that aspect of it. It's a really, really dope, dope story. That sounds awesome. I will, yeah. I will read Astro City when they finally collect it again. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be nice. They're all collected. They're print. No, they're, they're, not, they're all collected, but it's, it's an astronomical uh, uh, costing scavenger hunt to actually read it in any kind of cohesive order. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, if you want to do that, that's fine. If not, just I'll lend you. I have every single Astro City Oh, trade. dope. Oh, that's cool. Yes, uh, I'll take it. All right. Oh, and we're introduced yeah. to a new Earth, Give Earth Omega. One. Yeah. Has, has no uh, vibration and no frequency. That's an interesting, an interesting thing because that's always what you know the Flash's travels have been about. Is the is the I change my vibration to this Earth? That's an interesting like DC continuity twist. Um, and yeah, I also, like he, I like he commented on that too. It's mm-hmm. not like just running further. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. It's like a different kind of thing that he's got to do. And also what you guys were talking about, about regular people knowing um, they kind of do that with the scene with Cameron Chase and director Bones that like he's just sitting there. He's a guy with skull for a head and (laughs) And 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 everyone's like, that's fine. And it's an interesting comics thing where like comics have to kind of have all of these things, but not be too different from our world. Mm-hmm. In a way, like they absolutely would be. Like, there's all these things would not be introduced, and, it, and yeah. we'd still kind of be kind of like ours, one would think. And I like that idea that it's just a little bit different. Well, this like, is his, these people the, are, are aware of it. This feels fresh because DC historically doesn't do this. Mm-hmm. Marvel does it all the time, mm-hmm. uh, where they actually have more grounded understand. Like they focus on people who have to deal with stuff like this. DC historically is more like. Um, really just like rebooting and then trying something new for a while, but actually focusing on the ramifications and the ramifications being more widespread is not something that they normally do. Well, and I'm thinking, which is cool. Yeah. 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 I'm thinking of like, there was a a mini series that Marvel put out a while ago called big town. And it was like, Hey, what if Reed Richards inventions actually affected the world? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. you know, like that kind of thing, like, why wouldn't they? Why? Yeah. Like he creates all these crazy things and then is like, eh, I'm done with that. I'm going to create a like, different new crazy thing. Even just things like probably wouldn't have cancer anymore. Right. Yeah. Like teleportation would be common. Like more on this book. I, I liked it. I wasn't yeah. expecting to like it. And it was, it was really fun. I'm glad that it's limited. I'm glad it's just apparently according to Josh Williamson, this is supposed to be like the first kind of, Joshua Williamson has become the DC architect mm-hmm. in like mm-hmm. the absence of Scott Snyder and others. So he's kind of Jeff steering Jones. the ship. Jeff yeah. Johns. Yeah. He's kind of steering the ship. And he said that this is his for the first of like three large things that will lead to a crisis in the next three to five years or something. That does or not whatever. excite me. No, no it doesn't excite me, but this is, this was fun. I really, 
liked the stuff that you guys already mentioned, the flash stuff with the Omega Earth and the no vibrational. That's really cool. I liked I liked the aberration that is um, Flashpoint Batman. Mm. I like that no one knows what he's from. He's not classified as anything. And Flashpoint as a crisis was. It wasn't like the others. Right. It wasn't universal. It was it was they it was he essentially just made like a bunch of variants and this one variant now is a part of the tapestry and the the reason as to why it was is kind of cool like why the hell is this asshole so important or <laughs> special I, I think that's pretty cool it was I, funny. I think, I think yeah. the crisis thing because i read this and i was like oh a couple of the other guys on the podcast this line where psycho pirates like there's a new crisis coming and i'm like oh i hope that didn't just turn off jd and noel and possibly left it doesn't um, turn me off. It just doesn't yeah. do anything for me because yeah, like, they've been doing that. They've been doing that forever. Like uh, right. uh, Jeff Loeb's Superman, Batman. I think in like issue two, like Batman, a crisis is coming. Oh, that like, was one of my favorite doing it forever. That was one of my worked, favorite DC moments. It, it worked when I was eighteen. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily work as well with me now. It's just like, yeah, I know a crisis is coming. That's cool. See the the Jeff Loeb one in particular that that along with Wally West getting his secret identity back um, was what signaled to me that DC was returning more to the Silver Age, and so I was like, hell yes, you know that was like, oh, a crisis is back. But yeah, they but hadn't done it a bunch of times recently. And the crisis I, that they were referring to was identity crisis, and that was not what people were expecting. Yeah. Oh, so. Yeah, like Identity uh, Crisis is what came out like the following six months. Well, uh, you know, I never really thought of it as that. <laughs> yeah. Because um, that wasn't a crisis. That was just called Crisis on the Cover. It just, it just was yeah. what they were referencing. So yeah. Yeah. I'm going to stick Hindsight's with, uh, 2020. Eh, but the Silver yeah. Age did kind of come back. You know, there were sure. multiple colors of kryptonite, how Jordan was back, you know, all that kind of stuff. But this justice incarnate and the totality are explicitly in story set up to prevent future crises so when they said there's a new crisis coming at first i was like oh don't do that and i was like oh wait maybe they won't do that like that's the whole point of it is that they're trying to prevent this new crisis uh what are we gonna are they gonna call it the totality crisis uh crisis of crises um i don't think anyone has been called crisis What's well, uh, so, wait? Can we run really quick before we move into the next book? What are the all the crises? It's Crisis on Infinite Earth. Well, there's Crisis on Earth two, which is the, the first, first meeting of the Justice Society. And Crisis on Earth two, got it. Then they Crisis did a Center. bunch of crises. That was just like what they commonly just call meetings. Just list them for me. Well, no, you, you can't. You, you can't. But they all they all were basically JLA Justice League yeah. meetups. Yeah. So they don't really count. But if you want to count Crisis of on Earth two, because that was the, fir- it was the first, the first one, yeah. count that. And then the next one yeah. you really go to is Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that's that's the first one, and still the best. Yeah. Um, and then Zero Hour is technically a Crisis in Time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Zero they call, was a continuity they've, reset. They've well, it is, retitled yeah. it since. It's Crisis in Time. Oh, really? Um, huh. Yeah. And uh, then just Final Crisis, right? Final Crisis. And then there was, um, what crisis? was the one? Infinite Crisis. Oh, yeah. yeah. Infinite Super and Final Crisis. That was, a good, that was a good series. Yeah. Uh, Infinite Crisis. I, I, honestly, guys, it might be my favorite. Yeah. Infinite, Infinite crisis, crisis might be my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, it also ties heavily into Crisis on Infinite Earths because I like how it's a meta yeah. commentary on Crisis on Infinite Earths and then the sort of like the edge lording of the DC yeah. universe. Yeah. You know, af- we picked afterwards. the wrong universe to survive and yeah. they went all dark. So, yeah. I, 
I'm hearing from this these conversations that's two book yeah. clubs. We should revisit wow. Infinite Crisis and yeah, cool. we should read the first chunk of Jason Aaron's Thor. Ah. <laughs> that wasn't the book club I was here. <laughs> you mentioned it before. Yeah, I know. I know. I know where you went there, but that's not what I was hearing. I but mean, okay. it's coming. You should read it. In universe, you should read it. It seems like in universe, the crisis that Luther was referring to in Jeff Loeb Superman Batman was infinite crisis more than identity crisis. You know, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It came okay. years years later. <laughs> it literally fine. came years later. Well, he, he saw it. He's Luther. He sees things in the future. It's fine. <laughs> Smart guy. You just don't. You just don't want to have it that way. You just don't want it to be infinite identity crisis. I don't. Yeah. So checkmate number one came out this week from DC Comics. We're written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Alex Maliev or Maliev Maliev Maliev. The super spies of the DC Universe have a new leader in the form of the mysterious Mr. King. Their mission, take down Leviathan. Guest starring Superman, Talia al Ghul, Robin, and a cast of thousands. Introducing a brand new underworld assassin only known as the Damon Rose. Hmm? I think it's a silent like if we're going by Wildcats rules, it's Demon. Yeah, it's Demon. Oh, I was pronounced it Damon. D A E M O N. Damon. Nah, it's Demon. Damon. Then. Not what other people do. Yeah. Huh. Damon. Oh well. Um. So uh, this is, I guess, continuing Brian Michael Bendis's very sleepy event from a couple of <laughs> years we ago. We had the word event in the title. Yeah. Um. And uh, this is this is more of it. Uh, and I'm still, still sleepy. Um, uh, I, I remember kind of being excited because I was like, Brian Michael Bendis, DC Universe, Intrigue, Lois Lane, wonderful. And then just every issue just got diminishing returns. Um, and then the big reveal of who Leviathan was, and I was like, oh my God, it's Mark something stuff. Mark Man Shaw. Hunter. Spectre. Oh, Man or no, wait, Mark Spectre, somebody else. No, it's not Mark Spectre, Mark... Mark Spector is Moon Knight. Mark that would, be, that would be yeah, Mark that would be a surprise if it was Moon. That would be a real surprise. I'd be, yeah, I'd be like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> <laughs> Which Mark Spector is this? Um, you know, it's kind of like uh, what was it? Apoc- not Apocalypse. Armageddon. Two thousand one. Two thousand one, where it was like everyone ah, take a ah, drink. The big, the big bad guy is uh, Hawk. Who everyone you just, take a drink. He was extant. And you were like, oh, it's, I'm happy to see you stand again. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so maybe I'll care about this in 20 years. Right. I'll be like, oh, right. yes, it's Mark Shaw from that Brian Michael Bendis Sleepy series. Yeah. Yeah. Checkmate. Um, I, yeah, I just didn't care about this at all. Uh, I didn't find, usually I find Brian Michael Bendis charming, but this I just found very kind of boring. Uh, the art is very... That page right there, that two-page spread, is one of the most indecipherable pieces <laughs> of reading I have ever had in uh, a comic book. Oh, this one right here? Yeah. The yeah. word boxes? Yeah, if you try and read, like, they make no sense going from <laughs> pan, from bubble to balloon, balloon. I didn't yeah. have trouble with that. I, I also, did. is the question Rorschach? Like, he's in a brown trench coat and a white mask now? 
Well, I mean, it's hasn't that always been the question? It's just blue it's trench coat, flesh colored mask. Like, oh, I mean, it's always been flesh colored mask. You're right. right. It's you're right. Yeah, I think that was just an art choice. I, it like, is, probably is. This yeah. is by far not the first time that <laughs> Alex Maleev art has been has made me question <laughs> things. Uh, <laughs> in, in a previous Sleepy Bendis, uh, one of those uh, DC series. It was this one. It was this. Leviathan. I know what you're talking about. Leviathan. Yeah. Where um, the overlay. Alex Maleev literally traced a photograph of a dude in a hat for the question and then left the photograph that he traced <laughs> in the file and it saw print. It came out and was printed and you could see like it was from one of those websites, one of those photo websites, <laughs> like stock photo, whatever. <laughs> and you can see the, you can see what the thing he traced. He forgot to like delete that layer. <laughs> Fuck me. Um, what did you guys think? Anyone? Anyone care? I like oh, this. Wonderful. Yeah. No, go ahead. Um, I, I like this. I like this plot thread. I've liked this plot thread since it was introduced in Action Comics. I'm just interested in the plot thread. Do I do I like Maleev's art? No. Uh, <laughs> do I have an issue with the pacing? No. I actually think it's very. Um, it's very much in line with how uh, this creative team would pace um, old Daredevil comics. It was it was um, back and forth and very um, it's very noir. This is very noir. I, I I really dig it. I like I dig the plot thread, but I don't disagree with what you guys are saying. Like I'm very familiar or I'm very keen to <laughs> the um, discrepancies and. Uh, minuses, but I, I I want I like this story. I love Checkmate. I love Checkmate. I actually pulled out all of my old Rucka and Winnick Checkmate mm. trades uh, with the idea to reread them soon. Like I I love the idea of reintroducing Checkmate as a series of or um, you know a bunch of detectives in the Marvel universe and six or seven people versus a recognized nation. Uh, mm. The other side of the world, I think, is really cool. Oh, that's right. Leviathan's a nation now. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a nation state. They took over one of those one of the fake fictional nations, countries. Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. 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 They, they, the Geo- they, oh, it's just the one like, the Geoforce is from, right? Uh, Markovia. 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 Is it? Well, that's where Geoforce is from. That's where he's from. Yeah. Yeah. It was at the end of the last series. It was essentially, it, was, it wasn't unlike what fucking Russia did to. Um, yeah. um, Ukraine. Ukraine. It was just like this yeah. is ours. Tell us yeah. no, and it would like there. It's so so. Anything that happens now is an international incident. That's why the right. heroes can't do anything. So you've got this small clandestine group. I think that's really fun. Maybe if I read it in a trade paperback or something. But like maybe, issue, yeah, yeah. It's very. I, I'm, I I'm excited don't. for the return of the Winter Soldier down here for. <laughs> I actually don't dislike the art. It's yeah, it's my far from my favorite, but I like it for a noir story. Um, the, the you know uh, Bendis has a voice, and it's here too. You know where Lois Lane kind of talks like Ultimate Peter Parker. Um, oh, who okay. I thought he yeah I Bendis is great at sometimes you know, and there are other times when I'm like. That sounds weird. You know, that's a that's a weird sounding thing. I also did not care for, and I am probably the only person in the world that remembers this character. But for uh, Allie, 
being bad. I always just, I like that one issue of Superman from the 90s where they discovered she was living in the closet and they try to help her out. She's homeless and... Allie? Uh, yeah, the, the woman the, who the delivers this. The lady she this. runs into. It's yeah. Oh. What? Yeah. I mean, well, so they did They did a lot of groundwork in the first series of oh, Leviathan right. not necessarily being evil. Yeah. Yeah. Like ninety sure. percent of the people that are a part of Leviathan are there willingly. It's not. It's not oh. as simple as just sure. the baddies. They really all the bad guys think the that they're good guys. Yeah, <laughs> he he was a good guy. Yeah. Well, not all um, the bad guys. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I was just like, ah, oh, I don't want to see that. But like, it's just like a a small nice thing that I liked from the nineties, and I just it was a, a sweet character, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to. I just, I'm just glad she didn't jump out the window. I thought she was going to jump out the window. Oh, <laughs> that's the character you're talking about? Yeah. When you're talking to Lois? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I don't. I have no idea who that was. It, it was seriously, it was like one to two issues where it was like a like a, a real world <laughs> issue presented in to tell you, the reader, about these things. And it was this person who was working at the Daily Planet and they had no idea she was homeless. Right. And they're like, oh, this can affect anybody kind of thing. That's neat. Um, and so they they help her out, and yeah, it was just cool. Um, it's not gonna it's not gonna ruin my day <laughs> if this character turns out to not be so great. But also the thing with King, where there's like they introduce King, and I'm like, oh, just tell me who he is. <laughs> I do not uh, care about the mystery. I just it's like the Red Hulk from years going ago. Going back to going know? back to that, yeah, I didn't care about or that. Like going back to yeah. <laughs> going back to that um two-page spread that um Len had trouble with uh, or uh, didn't like. Um I did go back and I thought it was really cool having the different chess pieces per character and what those chess pieces align to. Oh. That's yeah. the shit that I noticed which was really cool the the knight the pawn um, the two pawn. bishops the like it's just really cool. I, I like the little things like that. Yeah. And also it's like when you showed the, the page in the office with what was her alley, oh. just having the blinds, um, uh, down incorrectly, just small minutia like that. I, oh. I just enjoy, I like there's, yeah. there's little things oh, like yeah. that in the art that That's I really, nice. really like. That is nice. I, th- that, I thought that That's this was nice. Little- That's nice. <laughs> and I would enjoy that if I believe that Alex Malev drew that. He didn't draw that. He that found is, a great picture and rendered it for this issue that I enjoyed. And Whatever. and and that's why that's why ultimately um, I just didn't like this book. I don't care. I think check, mm-hmm. I think check checkmate is a good idea, and I like that they're making Lois Lane a part of that because she mm-hmm. she is a fun character. But um, ultimately, again. I can rally behind your story, but your art's got to bring me in. And the uncanny valley of mm. Alex's artwork a lot of times just pulls me out of a lot of a lot of these shots. I just don't care. These people look like they have the exact same expression in every fucking panel. And it just annoys the hell out of me. Um, and I, I just ultimately just like... JD said, I found this sleepy. I read this at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, and at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I was still on page 5. This was putting me the fuck to sleep. I just did not, do not find this enjoyable. That was nice. I like the icon. Rocket. 
Ed, which is in every DC book. I love that. I love that. My man, I can't wait for my man Doug Braithwaite is going to be on art. I'm, I'm oh, really? forward to it. Yes, yes, oh, yes, yes. Doug Braithwaite, the unsung hero of 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 justice by Alec Alex Ross and Jim Kruger. Right. Um, but ultimately, this was just it's like uh, whatever. Yeah. Mm. Ditto. Uh, let's move on to Good Luck from Boom Studios. Matthew Ehrman and Stefano Simone. Simone. Sim, Simone. What if luck was quantifiable <laughs> and, so, and something everyone was born with? This guy is still trying to get into my store. And he's so confused. And What is he like? Pulling at the door? The sign also says that we don't open till noon. Um, so confused. Um, what if luck was quantifiable and something everyone was born with? Everyone, <laughs> except the unfortunates, what? teenagers born with absolutely zero luck. They, now they were born as teenagers? What? <laughs> That's teenagers definitely the best time with... to comment is when I'm reading the... It is. Okay. Uh, every, uh, now now the world mysteriously plunged into chaos and reality itself threatened. They will be our only hope to save the world. My last hope is those with no chance of success. The only thing anyone can wish them is good luck. What, Brian? Yeah. <laughs> Too late. You'll catch it on the uh, recording. <laughs> this is a spectacular um, no. line reading. Eh? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really brought my A game on that one. So, uh, Noel had mentioned something to me before I got to read this, and he said it was confusing. (laughs) I was like, I I don't know if I got it. Um, And as I was reading, I was like, Yeah, what's not to get? I mean, I get this. This is interesting, like interestingly uh, put together. I kind of got it. Didn't care about it. Yeah. Didn't care about yeah. it at all. Uh, Maybe that's what happened. Like I stopped caring. Yeah. We get yeah. like the the like let's quantify luck and and bad luck as gods, and these kids don't have either. So we are imbuing them with luck gas to do something unlucky because only they can. But why is it only them that can? Right. Because they have no luck or bad luck. And right. what? And, and then also too, lucky. what the fuck are they doing? And why yeah. does that matter? Like it's. All of it is so ornately convoluted yeah. that I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know if I care. And there's we've so much I did like. We've got helmets are filled with luck gas. Yeah. Yeah, and they're and and like, hey, uh, don't let your, don't let it crack. I mean, then don't make it a fucking fishbowl. Right. I, like, <laughs> right? I, there's just there's enough. There's so much in this book that it makes me. I don't know. Like, um, it's a cool idea. But it's just, it's got so many layers of yeah. unnecessary complication that it makes it just like noise. Like, Even all right. just some of the, um, the do- like, um, gosh, what's the word? The descriptions of things. So for a while there, I was under the impression that these kids had no luck. And that the world around them is either imbued with good luck or bad luck. And right. they have neither. But I think by the end... It's supposed to be that they are unlucky. Everyone in the world is lucky except for them. I think they also kind of mix, like, they pretty clearly state that these people don't have luck and they seem to be unclear. The writer seems to be unclear if having no luck is the same thing as having bad luck. 
Right. Like, okay. right. Like it's there's yeah. a bad luck god and a good luck god. If they if they did the, yeah if they did the groundwork of establishing that these teens for some reason um, are neutral that they yeah. have no propensity to either and yeah. whatever they do actually isn't controlled by these two mm-hmm. gods deities whatever um then that would be conflict because you literally don't in a world where you can surmise everything you don't know what's going to happen with these people sure but that if that's even the, if that's even the goal it's obfuscated by so much convolution that you're like what wait yeah. what and also, most of it is like going through this simulation. They've been doing it for seven years, yeah. have never succeeded, and they succeed one time, and they're like, "Okay, we're ready. Time to go." <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> like this is pretty important. Time to go, guys. <laughs> right, strap on your fish poles. <laughs> what did you guys? What did you guys? What did you guys think of the art? Uh, I think it's. Try, I, I think it's trying real hard. Um, I think uh, the effort is there. I think it is a neat style, but um, it doesn't. The gods are pretty coolly rendered. Yeah. yeah, I think I I think it's cool. It's just the because I was having so much trouble with the story. Everyone speaks in exposition, which is awesome. <laughs> because I was having so much so much trouble with the story, the art was actually almost distracting because it's it's very. Um, it's very kinetic and it's very effective, mm-hmm. but because I don't even have grounding, again, it's just like noise. I think the coloring uh, mutes everything and it makes makes each panel a little hard to see what's happening. Um, yeah. There it's fine, but in the middle of the battle and everything, it's like, wait, what? Who's where? What's what's that? Yeah, and there is a, a lot of movement in a lot of these panels. Um, yeah. it, the, the artist... It, the, the art is cool. The story is all over the place. It's just way too much plot. This red light millennial, the comic book to me. Um, but I was prepared. I'm, I'm actually prepared to to say this, that the art, while wild and very, very in your face. So many words. Uh, and so many words. <laughs> I'm, pre- I'm prepared to say that because the idea is kind of interesting, the whole idea of luck, I don't think it's fully baked yet, <laughs> that maybe this is a comic book that is just not for me. <laughs> maybe if I'm a younger age, um, coming from the video, the world of video games, which this definitely apes a lot of actually a character even references that in the comic book. Maybe if I'm coming at it with that aesthetic as my base, as opposed to just comic book storytelling, then maybe this is engages me a little bit more. And I'm prepared to say that maybe this is a comic book that I'm just not the right age to really appreciate. I agree with that also too. I think that there's a lot of and not not necessarily in art, but in the way that the story is is kind of laid out, there's a lot of manga influence too. Mm-hmm. Yes, tons. in in the in the kind of like everyone speaks at the volume of 11 and they get out so much information <laughs> mm-hmm. conversationally like it's 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 a heightened level of discourse that I, you know, Actually, I don't enjoy, so I don't really read manga. Yeah. Where it seems like everyone's just like, oh my God, it's happening. Like, whoa. That's exactly what turns me off about manga and anime, yeah. too. It's like totally normal. Yeah. Yeah. But, but like the, 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 sh- 
jamming tons and tons of information at you in in high speeds is is something that usually kind of happens with the first two or three episodes or chapters. Mm-hmm. True, but and, but but also there is all also a lot of times in manga uh, some type of subtle, for lack of a be- better word, spiritual aspect to yeah. the storytelling as mm-hmm. well, which is also here. Mm-hmm. It, uh, as well so that's why i'm just as i read this did it it hit with me no but i also read it thinking that you know what this is one of the few comic books that i'm reading that i think just there's something here maybe it's mm-hmm. just not for me so i was just, just going to say i would still kind of recommend it hmm. all right um to the right crowd to the right uh, crowd. yeah it to me reminded me in a way of some of the complaints that we've had about our first issues of fantasy comics that we were reading like mm. you know a year ago or so where halfway through this book i was like whoever wrote this has this whole world in their head this like all the mechanics of like yep, yep. what if luck was this and they probably like at some point they wondered this about our world and then they extrapolated this and then they came up with all these different like D and D level like uh, quantifications of how it all works, mm-hmm. and we get parts uh, of that here. I could see that this does yeah. almost read like a um, setting up a campaign. Mm. Like these are the rules, and you just like get yeah. them so fast like, that by so the what the fuck was this? By yeah. the first time you actually start, you're just like, wait, wait, wait. So what was? Yeah. What, how do I? What was the luck again? Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. Go back. What? 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 Um, now I am kind of interested in the very beginning of the gods of luck, like that part. I'd kind of like to see more of, and I probably won't because I, won't <laughs> to but you know, that part was interesting, well drawn and, and interesting. The ostensibly the main characters. I'm like, eh, I don't really care. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Batman reptilian. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, DC Comics, Garth Ennis, Liam Sharp. What strikes fear into the hearts of those who terrorize Gotham? It used to be Batman. But something far more frightening than a mere man stalks the shadows. And it's after Gotham's villains. How savage must a monster be to haunt the dreams of monsters? And Noel had messaged us in the group chat. Mm. um, Something akin to, like, can someone else read this? So that no, it's not just a fever dream, and this is actually a comic book that has seen print, something like that. And uh, I thought, what's well, Garth Ennis writing Batman? That's it'll be interesting at least. Mm. There is a sequence in the beginning where um, a villain, you know, I, I guess a, ra- a rapist, a rapist uh, gets clocked on the head by Batman. He gets arrested. He goes to. Um, not church to um, trial to court <laughs> goes to trial and then he's released and everyone's like ah the rapist was released oh, we're angry as they should be and Batman in broad daylight walks past all the paparazzi who are asking questions and all the, the news people are asking questions of the lawyer and his client and uh, he walks up to the uh, I guess he's a football star or some some he's a sports sportsman of some sort. Yes. And he just antagonizes him and calls him weak over and over again, until I guess the sportsman tries to punch him and then Batman breaks his body and he goes ah with self defense and he walks away 
I could not believe what I was reading. Um, <laughs> there are there are of heroes and and vigilantes and antiheroes that would do this move. None of which are Batman. <laughs> um, and he, he even explains it later. He tries to. He's like, "What am I gonna do? You know, intimidate him from a dark alleyway later or something?" It's like, "Yeah, I guess. I mean, you do Batman stuff." You're not Daredevil. Like, it just—it it felt so weird, so out of place. It felt like nothing Batman would ever do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of reminded me of when another high-profile writer took over a Batman title, and I went, what the fuck is going on? And that was when Brian Azzarello wrote Broken City directly after the Jim Lee, Jeff Loeb, um, what was that called? Hush. Hush, Hush. Right? right? The big critical success of Hush. And they were like, we're going to get Brian Azzarello, another big name on Batman. And then there's a sequence in that story where he is interrogating a woman wearing a nightgown, like a nightie, in her bed, in the dark, in her bedroom, and proceeds to flirt with her like he's a 1940s um, <laughs> detective who's who's about to sleep with the, the person he's questioning. Um it felt so out of place. Same thing here. Uh, this this book lost me from the beginning scene, and I didn't care from anything beyond that at all. I'm not going to continue with this ish, uh, with this mini series. What did you guys think, Brian? Um, I well, I, so I also saw that from Nolan, so I was prepared for it to be like odd, oddly bad. And this is not the voice of Batman that I expect from Batman, mm-hmm. you know, the, that action that JD described didn't, it didn't strike me that oddly, maybe because it looks like it is like dark and rainy. So I don't know. I just didn't care that much, but the way that he talks and the things that he says, they're like Batman adjacent. They're like a very edgy, edgy Batman. That isn't how I really see Batman, you know, mm-hmm. um, very edgy. The, yeah. And but it is what I expect from Garth Ennis, and I don't read Garth Ennis comics, partially for that reason. You know, like I just he's fine. The boys I got through like one or two issues, and then that was the end of that. Um, and but you know it was okay. It was an okay comic. The art I like what uh, Liam Sharp does with the bottom of Batman's cape, and I like the art, but it is hard to read a comic with this art. Like I think I I think it's. It's cool looking, but it still makes it difficult to get through. It's a little um, bit of Simon Bisley meets Bill Sinkevich. Yes, exactly. I'll take your word for that. I uh, I don't I know those names, but I, I don't no context. Um, and yeah, I mean, also <laughs> prior to having read the book, I saw the back of the comic and had heard Knowles commentary and he says i'm far far worse than the multicolored rabble i will not let you die and i read that and i was like woof that's not that great writing yeah uh, i'm sorry i'm yeah. sorry i i colored this too much for you guys but i was i, I was much. just i was just fucking beside <laughs> myself after reading this i read it twice <laughs> yeah um oh, really? <laughs> yeah because i read it the first time and i thought i missed something like was there a point like what did i miss even oh, okay. and I, like part of it was the uh, not atrocious. I'm, I'm not going to shit on the man's art. I do <laughs> not enjoy Liam Sharp's art more so his layouts because there is no kinetic action between any of them. And he makes it incredibly difficult to understand what's going on just in a visual sense. Yeah. The whole opening scene that you described, I didn't actually kind of 
really grasp until the second time going through it because all it really was was a couple of like static things and then all of a sudden if you want to go back to it it's just like then a red panel with like limbs uh mm. and then cut to him on the ground it was just it was so i didn't know what the fuck was going on mm-hmm. uh and then that happened five or six times the the realism of the art shifted a good handful of times in like artistic mm-hmm. ways but it wasn't for a purpose other than uh, I don't know yeah. I hate this version of Batman yeah. absolutely hate it just hate it this um, would cause the uh, the heroes from Crisis on Infinite Earths to come back for Infinite Crisis to be like what the fuck is going yeah, on yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Universe we well it's not even just that he's an asshole he he makes choices that are opposite of what he needs to achieve <laughs> yes. like well, it's this is so. It's just, just bad. I, I like so, across the board. I it just wasn't good. And I, I if it I was just, noticed. it's just six issues. I, usually, when I have trouble with like the first issue, it's just like, no, it's just six issues. It doesn't matter. I put it in the notes to just drop this. I'm not going to read <laughs> anything that hasn't already been ordered. I'm just not. I, I like. I, I don't even want to support this in a small degree. I this. I hated this. I hated it. Um, there was some, I'm trying to think of where it is that he says it, um, where Batman later is like, he explains to Alfred why he went out, um, and did that in public. Um, and I, I can't find it, but it was basically like, what am I going to do? Like, you know, I think it's, it may be around that page. Cause yeah. Garth Ennis but, doesn't um, like writing superheroes. No. Uh, but like, oh, we don't like reading it. Oh, what should I have done? Lurked <laughs> on a rooftop and hissed from the shadows? My dude, that is exactly what you right. do at the very end of right. this issue, except you're not from a, a rooftop, you're in his bedroom. Uh, right. You let, you, you let your informant go, the guy yeah. you're trying to get information from, um, and you like break into his home after he's gone to bed so you can whisper to him, remember, Constantine, Batman never kills. And then you wake the guy up, and then you're not there. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what you've done, is the thing yeah, that you were right. you're saying, wow, what am I going to do? This thing? Yeah. It's, it's also, his whole, like, sounds nice, but it's really mean threat. Yeah. Eh, whatever. I see, I liked, I did like the turn on Batman never kills, but then yeah. at the end you realize it's a threat of, like, I won't let you die. I will yeah. hurt you, but I will never kill you. Oh, all right. Hey, yeah, but Len, the bat triple, what'd you think? <laughs> Well, first of all, first of all, I was prepared to, I mean, yes. Does this sound like Batman? Hell no. This is not the Batman that I know. But I also recognize that this is Black Label. So I'm prepared that maybe this is, it's a different Batman. You know, I don't know how much these books are supposed to be set in whatever fucking continuity. So I'm prepared for this to be, you know, Garth Ennis's Batman, right? But the inconsistency shows up in that this Batman, as we are shown in the beginning, is so pissed that this boxer rapist has gotten off for for his crimes that he has to show up basically basically to embarrass him. He's not really there to do anything. He's not like he's going to rearrest the dude, you know? So he's basically there just to show up the dude and embarrass him and also to 
beat him up to get his licks on because as he tells us later I can't just stand up in the shadows and just hiss at the dude and yet this is the Batman in this world Uh who we are to believe has let the Joker, the Penguin and his assorted you know menagerie of his rogues gallery get along and get around so much that they can have a coffee clatch, you know, to talk about how they're going to murder him. Like, that's not the same Batman that you just introduced to us in the beginning. So I'm like, this inconsistency doesn't make any sense. Then, the story is inconsistent because Garth Ennis tells us at the beginning of this book, in this very touching, you know, prologue, that this was a story that he had written originally to be developed with his good friend Steve Dillon, who oh, we yeah. lost not too long ago. And if people are familiar with Steve Dillon, you're familiar with a very grounded, down-to-earth art style that definitely sounds like it's baked force Batman, like some big crime story with Garth Ennis and Batman. So... Garth Ennis, unable to get Steve Dillon, feels that the person that he needs to get to complete this story, who will fit in right with the tone that Steve (laughs) Dillon would have brought to this story, is Liam Sharp doing his best Arkham Asylum of impression in this what's supposed to be down-to-earth, grounded crime story. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. This <laughs> makes absolutely no sense. And I don't know where the whole reptilian thing comes in. I think it's, that's going to play out in yeah. later issues. I'll never know we'll never because know. <laughs> I'm never going to yeah. read this fucking piece of shit. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, I, I so you got four no's? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, um, are we are we going to talk about one more book or no? Nope. Oh, no. I um, have to, unless you want to do a thunder round, Noel. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do yeah. a thunder round. We got, right, yeah, well we're then. good. Glenn, tell the people what a thunder round is while I... A Thunder Round is where one of us spoilers takes 60 seconds to give you their take, their review on one of the comic books that we read this week. Oh, well done. Uh, Len is, I mean, Noel, are you ready? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm Tell not, them, hold on, well, my wait still loading. <laughs> What's the book you're going to do the Thunder Round oh, on? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, so, so the book I'm going to do the Thunder Round on is Vinyl Number 1 by Image Comics, mm-hmm. written by Doug Wagner and Daniel Hilliard. Plastic creators Doug, Doug and Daniel return with Eisner Award winner Dave Stewart for an unsettling tale of psychopaths, sweet love, and a serial killer named Walter. Hmm. Right. Very good. Nice. All right. So, one, two, three, go. So this is the second series of this creative team that I've read. Um, the first one being Plastic, which essentially was, um, let's come up with a weird way for you to have to root for a serial killer. <laughs> um, and it was a disturbing but really well done read, and it was fun. F- fun in so much as like watching a horror it's movie fun kind of fun. Serial killer yeah, as fun as serial killer. Yeah, as fun as serial killer. So in that one, it was, they stole my girlfriend. Uh, and are forcing me to kill to get her back, but I'm going to go get them. This was they kid uh, a, a murder cult kidnapped my best friend, so I'm going to go teach them a lesson. 
So it's serial killer versus murder cult. Um, and it was just really well done. But I hated that I liked it so much because it's all deplorable characters being deplorable <laughs> in grotesque ways. So it makes me feel weird, but it's good. Um, and it was just it was just a very interesting read. And I think that anybody that finds that nice. I should give it a shot. How much I like that too? No, it's like up none of my alleys. Music, serial killers, <laughs> and and I was like, oh, what a what a fun read. Yeah, uh, you should try plastic because the yeah. idea is like um, the serial killer. They kidnap his girlfriend. He retires from being a serial killer because he finds love and fulfillment. Huh. Huh. Um, but his girlfriend is a plastic doll. Oh, well, still. it's a sex doll, and I'm they glad it's a sex someone. doll, and they they kidnap her, and oh. he goes on a like an action movie rampage oh. <laughs> for this sex doll that he has a genuine connection with, and it is so wild. Huh. All right, it's yeah. pretty funny. And but I would, I would suggest this book. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, anybody, uh, if anyone wants to help the show out, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo. You can like, share, subscribe, do all those sorts of things with the, the live stream, the podcast. You can find us on Apple, iTunes, and uh, wherever you find podcasts. We're a little behind on those, uh, but we're, we're trying to up, I'm trying to update them as quickly as I can. Um, what else? Uh, oh, you can join me at my shop, 4327 Main Street, Philadelphia, PA, Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. Land, where can the people find you? Hey, you can check me out uh, at the Bat Tribble on social media, at Black Tribbles on social media, Michelle Mission on social media. Or just say hi when you see me. Word. Hi. Hi. Uh, a social, uh, social media at Mr. Bartocci on Twitter, B-A-R-T-O-C-C-I. Any of the cold pop channels, just say hello and I will re- yeah. reply. Brian Lieb. I'm at BrianLiebDesign.com. And if you see any of these other guys... And you just tell them to say hi to me, you know. Will do. Oh, you know, I, ref- I I did refresh my website. It's noelthewriter.com. Oh, sweet. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk at you later. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky. And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. (laughs) 